Inspired, sharing your journey. Okay, we're back again. This is Jack Kennelly, and this is Real Presence Live, broadcasting from our studio in Fargo. And we're happy to have you with us. We've got uh, another hour to go, and we're excited about it. And I think we're going to have some fun, and we're going to talk about some interesting topics here. I, first one I wouldn't say is necessarily fun, but I think it's something that we all need to talk about. I think it's very important because there is a diverse group of women who all have one thing in common. They've had an abortion. And two of these post-abortive ladies, uh, using the acronym PALS, mm-hmm. uh, will be are here to talk with us and why and why they share their stories as they seek to offer hope for healing through their own personal journey. So I'm happy to welcome Ruth Rue and Jody Clemens in the studio for being with us on the air this morning. And uh, I guess we'll just start asking you to tell us a little bit about yourselves. Um, this is Ruth. Um, I was raised on a dairy farm in a small town in North Dakota. I come from a very big Catholic family. I have eight siblings. Um, we were raised uh, very strong. We Catholic. We prayed together every night, attended Mass every Sunday, said the rosary daily. Um, but when I went off to college, I started partying and doing things were, that were against the values that I was taught. Um, by the time I was a junior in college, I was a single mom to a daughter. Um, right now, I live in Fargo. I've been married for 23 years, and I have three children and four grandchildren. Hello, and I'm Jody, and uh, I am a wife. I'm a mother of four, a grandmother of seven. And like Ruth, I was also raised in a home where faith was emphasized and practiced. Unfortunately, though, uh, I also reached a time in my life where I could say that um, I walked away from much that I had been taught and learned um, in in the church. Um, so, uh, out of out of that, um, I made a lot of bad choices in my life, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Is one of those bad choices that we made, and that choice was to end the life of our unborn child. Right, and you're both members of a group called PALS, Post Abortive Ladies, mm-hmm. and uh, what is this group exactly? Well, just what you said, uh, we are the PALS, we are a post-abortive panel, and we um, share our journey of hurt and pain and sorrow and grief, uh, self-abusive behavior that we entered into after an abortions, and we're really a diverse group of women, as you said, Jack, that we probably never ever would have connected, except for something that we all shared, and that is that each of us did walk through the doors of an abortion facility at some point of our life and end the life of our unborn child. Um, that act of abortion that we thought was going to solve a problem or save a relationship or preserve our careers started us down a very long path of self-destructive behavior, a lot of emotional distress and a lot of spiritual confusion. And that's really what you're going to hear today. And that is why we share our stories is to really bring our stories of loss, but not just a loss, but that the redemption that we found through Christ Jesus as we traveled and he drew us onto him. So today we're going to feature Ruth's story. Uh, Ruth has been a member of the panel um, since we started in 207. We actually came together for a one-time event to share with priests and pastors and clergy about abortion and, and what women suffer after abortion. And since then, many, many, many doors yeah. have opened for us to go into many different yeah. places. So I think it's so important that we have women such as yourselves, you know, t- 
to come on the air like this because, you know, you talked about the self-destructive behavior and the grief, and the message that we get from the secular media is, yeah, no big deal. Good health care you know, is what we hear. Yeah, good, good health care. You come in. Far from it. Just takes a little bit of time, and mm. you'll be out of here dancing. Back and, to normal. And, well, Ruth, you're here to share your story this morning. And uh, when you first found out you were pregnant at the time, what was going through your head? Um, honestly, fear was probably my strongest emotion. Um, I felt very ashamed of what I had done. And mostly, I just really wanted to believe that it was not happening to me. And did you ever consider that um, uh, carrying the child to term and having it adopted would be an option? You know what, sadly, I didn't. Um, when I was pregnant with my first child, my plan was to give her up for adoption. Um, I had a family picked out for her. Um, she spent the first week after she was born in a foster home. Um, and at that time, I truly thought my heart was going to break and I could not go through with the adoption. Um, and when I found out I was pregnant a second time, I really felt like I did not want to go through that experience again. Um, looking back, I see that adoption is the most selfless act a mother can do. Mm -hmm. Did you, um, well, it sounds like you truly felt like you were in a desperate situation. Yeah, very much so. I felt trapped. Um, you know, my biggest fear was wondering, if I do have this baby, how am I going to finish school? Um, if I finish school, how am I ever going to be able to afford to raise two children on my own? Um, I also was feeling a lot of shame. Um, I didn't want to disappoint my parents um, by telling them that I was pregnant a second time. I'm guessing that your experience was probably similar to many of the women who, uh, you know, go through with an abortion. Yes. Yeah, and I, it sounds like from what I'm hearing anecdotally also is that many of the women who go into these uh, purported abortion clinics, and I'll put that in quotes, mm -hmm. they really don't want to. They really go in there because when you find out you're pregnant in a non-planned pregnancy, you know, it, it's not the joy and the excitement that normally should feel within the, the normal realms of a holy matrimony with one man and one woman cooperating with God, mm -hmm. you know, in, in, in the creation of new life. It isn't like that. There's what Ruth said, there's despair, despair and there's fear and there's, you feel like, you really feel like, what you feel, Jack, is like you feel like, I, I have a problem that needs to be fixed. You stop thinking about it as a baby and I've got a problem, so how do I fix this problem? And you get to the point where it becomes nothing more than another medical procedure that you're going to go into this facility just like if you have any other medical problem. You're told and you're convinced that if you go in there, they will provide you good health care and take care of this medical problem for you. And that's where most of us get at that point. You, you kind of dehumanize that baby and desensitize your feelings to say, I've got a problem. I'm going to go get it fixed. And that's where Ruth was, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes, and I'd like to remind our listeners right now, just to interrupt for just a second, we'd like to thank everybody for tuning in to Real Presence Live this morning. Uh, I'm Jack Kennelly, and I'm your host for today. And our guests are Ruth Rue and Jody Clemens, who are uh, members of PALS, Post Board of Ladies. And they're uh, here to talk about uh, their experiences, particularly Ruth. And so uh, I guess I'll turn it back to you, Ruth. What was going through your mind on the day of the abortion? 
Um, to me, it seemed very surreal. I felt like I was outside of my body going um, through the steps to have the abortion. Um, I couldn't believe what I was going to do. I knew it was uh, morally wrong. Um, I guess at that time, I really felt that I didn't have any other choice. Mm-hmm. And, and how was your heart after having the procedure? Yeah, I felt very, very broken. I knew what I had done was, was wrong, and I knew that I could never, ever undo it. Mm-hmm. Um, being Catholic, I truly felt that I was going to go to hell. Now, Jody, I know you are over at the abortion clinic mm-hmm. quite regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever seen anybody come out of there happy? No. No, I've never seen anybody come out of there happy. I see Today I was over there, in fact, before I came here, Jack, and I saw several women going in there, you know, and it's heartbreaking because you go in there just like I said, thinking that I can do this, I'm going to go over there and, you know, in there and get this over. But when they come out, there's such a hardness. I've seen tears. I've seen tears when people come out of there. I have seen a woman actually walk out of there and throw up. You know, they're totally... Ruth, isn't this true? You're just totally a different person when yes. you walk out of an abortion facility. You yeah. are not the same person, mm-hmm. you know. Well, let, we, let's talk about, you know, the pain and the sorrow you experienced, Ruth, before finding healing and being able to come out and share your story. And I'm sure it's not easy to share your stories even now. No, it isn't. But I think it's an important message that people need to hear um, because there are so many people that are walking around that um, have kept an abortion a, a secret. Um, I know for myself, I tried really hard to bury it within myself. Um, I never, ever talked about it with anybody. Um, I started drinking heavily. Um, I had an eating disorder. I hate, felt like a horrible mother to the child that I did have. Um, I thought in some way that God was do something to, was going to do something to her to punish me. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through 16 years of, of that. Um, I finally was so emotionally, mentally, and physically tired of hiding my abortion. Um, I missed the church. I missed the sacraments. And I sought help by um, taking the advice of a very smart priest um, to attend a Rachel's Vineyard weekend. Um, and throughout that weekend, I was able to finally talk to somebody about it. Um, I was able to share my grief in a healthy way with other, you know, women and men. Um, I was able to accept God's forgiveness. Um, I also made a very uh, strong spiritual connection with my aborted child. Um, I was able to acknowledge her and give her the dignity of recognizing her life, her humanity, her personhood. Um, I know now that I can strive for heaven and uh, know that I am going to feel complete when I encounter her. It must be an absolutely acute loneliness. And I can't imagine the freedom you must feel when you find an organization such as PALS or you go to a Rachel's Vineyard retreat. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it's very liberating. Um, On the retreat, I spent over an hour in confession. I had not been to confession for (laughs) many, many, many years. Um, I truly just felt that um, the power that God sent Jesus to this earth for people like me. 
grave, grave sinners. Um, God is truly the divine healer, and there is no sin that is too deep that God cannot heal. Okay. Well, here, here's, I think, the big question for today, and I want to give you time to, to deal with it. For any women listening right now, as we continue through the 40 days for life, for any women who are considering having an abortion or may just maybe just found out they were pregnant and not ready for that, what message would you share with them? I think it's a pretty simple message, Jack, and it would be this. Don't do it. Do not do it. There are so many lies that, that surround abortion. You know, we've talked about some of those lies, but there's many, many, many more that, you know, that women start believing, you know, when they have their... It's like, before you go in for an abortion, I wish people could understand how much spiritual warfare there is. The father of lies comes to us, and we hear things like, it's legal, you know, and it's going to solve a problem, and everybody's doing it. But once you've had that abortion, the father of lies becomes the accuser, and he condemns us. And he tells us that we're in a hopeless situation and that we're going to have to live like this. And that is why people, women listening to, uh, your listening audience needs, needs to know how many women have had abortions, Jack. Many of them. One in three women have had an abortion by the time they reach the age of 40. This mission field, if you will, is white on to harvest. These women are sitting in church pews. They're sitting in your families. They're sitting among your friends. And as Ruth alluded to earlier, the normal amount of time that a woman keeps an abortion a secret is 10 years. That shows the degree of shame and accusation that that woman is under, that the church will not accept her, that what she's done is an unpardonable sin. All those things that you heard Ruth say, she didn't even dare take and be involved in the mm-hmm. sacraments of the church. Confession, you stay away from the one place that should help you. So for women that are walking into an abortion clinic, don't do it. Your life will be forever changed. And if you are a woman who's had an abortion, if you're there, which could be many people in your listening audience, please know that there is hope and there is healing in the person of Jesus Christ. And I want Ruth to close with this because she has a Rachel's Vineyards coming up, and we would invite anyone. Yep, I you know, definitely encourage you to um, attend a Rachel's Vineyard retreat. We are having one. Um, November 1st through the 3rd, um, and you can email me, call me. Um, my information's on rachelsvineyard.org website. Yeah, it's like, why carry this by yourself? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Confess your sins one to another that you yeah. may be healed, and that's what happened yeah. to Ruth. She got to talk about yeah. it. You, f- you find out you're not alone, and you're that's got to be a great feeling when mm-hmm. you do that. Yeah. Okay, yep. well, thank you, Jody and Ruth for coming in today. This is important. I wish we had more time for it. Thank you, Jack, for uh, having us. And up next. Thanks, Jack.